Amazing. Carlita Hodges, the author of this incredible book, Carlita's Story, Into the Light. And if you know anything about this situation, it blows your mind. So, Miss Carlita, I'm so happy and really excited to talk to you today because your story is so compelling. And I'm really happy that you're willing to share your insights with the community. So, welcome. Thanks for having me. You look great. Thank you. I work on it. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> we all could use a little help. So, Ms. Hodges, um, the infamous. Have you ever been called infamous before? Probably. I've been called a lot of things. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, let's get into it. So, for those who don't know a little bit of the background, you actually are the original basketball wife. Like the whole show should have been written about you. <laughs> and you take that story with something that everybody wants. Like, I think everyone, many women, myself included, is like, wow, it'd be so cool to be married to a basketball player. You know, tall, dark, and handsome. The epitome of what we want in our black men who are smart and loving. And I think that's what you went into, right? That's how your relationship started with Craig. And, and give me a little background. Okay. How you met. Me, okay. First, the book is called Carlita's Way Out of the Dark into the Light, My Journey. And so um, it does talk about all of this in the book. Uh, no, I did not go into this thinking tall, black and handsome and basketball player because he was not. Well, he played ball. I just didn't know he had been drafted into the NBA. Mm. And we met um, in front of my sister's house. Uh, out in Chicago Heights, because I'm from Chicago. And so that's a little suburb outside of Chicago. And um, my car had broken down. <laughs> and he, um, me, my sister, and another friend of ours were talking to a friend of his. And he and a friend drove up, and he and I just made eye contact. And he immediately said that he was going to marry me the moment he set his eyes on me. Really? How, that doesn't happen often. Can you close that door? That door. It doesn't happen often that people are like instant, like attraction. Right, exactly. And so um, we all got to talking. He knew, this is so weird. He knew my ex-boyfriend, which is where I had heard of him from, but I didn't know him. Okay. And so we talked, all of us were talking. And then I mentioned, it was getting dark. I was like, oh, I got to go home. I have and so I um, talked about my car being broke, and he was like, "Yeah, sister, you need some help." I thought he could help. He didn't know nothing about no car, <laughs> didn't know anything but how to drive. And so we went. He came. He said he would meet me there. Me and my girlfriend would meet me around the corner where my car had stopped. And so uh, he came, and this whole thing was on a bed. Me and my girlfriend made a bet, and she said that, oh, but he had paid her no attention. He was all eyes on you. Mm -hmm. And she says, girl, I'm getting him. I'm getting him. And I was like, hush. And we bet a dollar. <laughs> we bet a dollar that I bet a dollar I would get him. She bet a dollar she would get him. And I was like, bet's on. And so that's how, that's how it happened. Only a dollar. 
only a dollar, one dollar. And of course I won. <laughs> of course. And um we went to we went to the movies the next evening and we hung out every day after until um he left. He left for camp. Now he did tell me he was going to he was drafted. And so if you say you drafted now Possibly people are going to say NBA. I never thought NBA because that was a whole nother, you know, it wasn't social media time, of course. And so I thought he was going to the military. Oh. Uh, and he didn't tell me right away. He told me after we had gotten close. And um, I was like, nah, I'm not really up into that because I didn't want to be in something long distance. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. And I was about to dump him because we had started dating and, um, I was about to dump him, and he started laughing. And I, ex- I expressed to him how I felt about the military and all that kind of thing. And I was like, I can't do it, boy. I can't do it. Mm. And so he, he laughed, and he says, yes, I am going to marry you. And I'm still thinking in my head, I just said, I can't do it. And so he explained to me what what was what. And then I was like, okay, that's different. <laughs> oh, so it's not the military? Oh. So it's basketball. Mm-hmm. And so he, okay. you know, he had been drafted. It was for the Clippers because he was drafted with the Clippers. And all I think was in history, the Clippers shit. And I just, but, you know, we learned that and I remembered that. And I thought, okay, I'm not doing no military duty. So that's how he and I became one a hundred years ago. Um, and so uh, with that being said, um, we had a lot of drama before we got married. That I, I moved to uh, San Diego at the time mm-hmm. with him, and we got married. We just eloped, and we were together for ten and a half years. Well, we were married for ten and a half years. We were together for seven. So, go ahead. Boys. And your boys. I mean, such a beautiful family. And you know, we all go into a marriage like we said. You know, don't want to do divorce. I'm in it to win it forever. And then things don't always go the way. And I think one of the biggest challenges sometimes, and you didn't sign up for this, right? So there's a little caveat for you. You didn't go into it, like I said, like, that's what I know I'm going to have to deal with, right? I had no idea what I was getting into. Not one clue. And then once you're there, things start going a little left. He, how, how did you uncover that there was something happening on the side? Um, was that before or after? Um. Honestly, there were there were um, red flags, but because when you are young and in love, you don't think about the red flags. You don't even. I was young. I was a kid, and uh, I got into the marriage um, to stay because my father was not in my life, and I had vowed to never do that. You know, like I'm going to have a husband, or I have kids, I'm going to have the white picket fence, and a dog, and a cat, and a this. I had all that in my head, and so. Um, it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't even the cheating first because I am truly vengeful. And um, if you do me, I'm going to do you. That's all. That's it. That's all. <laughs> I, wait, I had to, it took a second. You said I am truly vengeful. Yes. Okay. That's just being true. No turning the other cheek over in your house. No, no, not at all. But he had to have known that. He had to know that you were feisty and that, you know, you, you love hard. You know, I that is the truth. He knew that. 
But again, I was so young. I was learning myself, mm-hmm. you know, learning myself, my do's and don'ts and don'ts and do's. But one time I remember saying to him, um, I can cheat longer than you and harder than you don't try me. And I'm going to, if I can be bored, I won't get lonely. I am married, so I shouldn't have to get lonely, you know. And, you know, I had the kids, I, you know, the road trips and this and that. So what I liked about most of it was it wasn't always he's up under me or I'm up under him because he was gone a lot. And I, I, I never, you could not have paid me to think that my life would have turned out the way it did. What I, made you decide? What, how did you, so once I was going down, 10 was 10 years in, you were married 10 years. So what, five years in? No, it was, it was way before five years in before, you know, but, um, it's that thing with women. Do we stay too long? It was that. It was, um, I wasn't willing to give up my family. It was, you know, it was, it was my family. It was, I had boys and that was their role model. And I wanted that to be that forever. You know, yes. and so, um, uh, in learning myself, I learned him. Mm. So I had to make some decisions because in, in the beginning, it wasn't just he and I, it was the family. Yes. In our business, you know, from day oh, one. Everybody's yeah. like the, your family, his side and your side. Also his. Oh, okay. The family. And I, today I understand. Then I did not. Cause I, I thought I was living in a soap opera. Like, what the hell? Why does this happen? Why is this happening? You know, like. And then he wasn't the kind of guy that speaks up because he didn't like controversy. So his mother and you were kind of button heads, just to say it lightly. She <laughs> rest in peace. But she's she's a beautiful soul. It was just that he's the only boy, and she thought she was losing a son. Right. And I tried everything in my power to make her now. She was just gaining a daughter. Right. Because yeah, that's what's supposed to happen. Leave and cleave. Mm-hmm. You, you raise them so that they can leave the house, not to be with you forever. But, uh, but the community, it's just that sometimes, like, again, if I speak now about this because it was so, so long ago, I mean, over 30 years ago, this happened. Mm-hmm. Today, I don't know if it's like this so much because internet. Um, yeah, internet's different. And that today, the social media aspect, knowing what you've been through mm-hmm. and your story and what's happened since that time and what's happened to these people. When you heard, <laughs> I'm gonna let you say it. You tell me, cause I wanna know. Wait, with these people, okay, so. Um, with extras. Well, it was a lot of extras, but um, some have died. Some have died. One's in prison. Uh, who's in prison? R. Kelly. Oh. Now that's my, that was my mess. That wasn't his mess. Okay, so I stand. That mess came out of that mess. Absolutely. But, and that's my point. It's like, that, <laughs> it just became a hot mess after that. So for those who don't know, Surely. Yeah, it's, you know, why don't you tell them for those who don't know? So with the cheating, of course, if you do me, I'm doing you back. And then um, 
God, I hate to say this now because I have grandchildren and ugh, they see, they're on the internet. So anywho, my ex-husband and I were together and we made two children, two beautiful boys. My boys are everything. And I do have a daughter too, but we can talk about that later. So um, I'm gonna do this fast forward. So we married, we had children. We didn't get along for a long time. I stayed because I didn't want my family broken. And then it got to be too much. <clears throat> my son developed cancer. He had cancer. And so I thought it was just best for me to not stress on that marriage because it meant nothing to me, but my son's life did. And I needed to go straight focus. So in the meantime, in between time, there's an individual that brought Robert Kelly to our home when we were still married. And we were going to help him, help Robert. Um, and, you know, we had did some things and my ex-husband at the time told me um, to help him. I didn't know how I know what I was doing. And I really wanted to focus on my child, my children. You know, they were little boys. I think, I mean, real little. Why did he think you could help them? <laughs> because he had money and because he thought that I would be able to pull strings. But I didn't know anything about producing, managing. I needed to learn how to manage my kids, period. So, you know, uh, the individual that brought him to us, you know, I tried, I tried, I was like, okay, whatever. So what I learned was my ex-husband was doing his thing and he kept pushing me to rob, pushing, pushing, pushing. And that is no excuse. I take full responsibility. I was a grown woman and uh, we were always in each other's space, no excuse again. And then we started being attracted to one another. And we acted on it. B bottom line, it lasted a snapshot, and that was it. That was all. It was over, and that was it. Maybe a year or two after that, I got a divorce. Not because of Robert, but because my marriage was just straight. Can I curse? Up to you. And um, and there were other things that my husband did that was just unacceptable. And then I learned that he had a love-hate for women. Ooh. And so that was another component. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to get out of this one. The coast is clear. And I did. And we had an ugly divorce. I mean, ugly. And I, I got arrested. What? I did. It's in, it's in the book. Now, I heard uh, <laughs> that arrest was had something to do with a little fire. Bit of fire. A little fire. Okay. I'm calling you left eye, but I'm trying not to rat it out. Okay. Well, that happened before left eye. So you were the first one who was about to blow it up that spot. Yeah. But you know, the media is so silly. The media really took it way out of proportion. It, it, it was not, you know, and, and please forgive me. Uh, social media, if you ever hear this, but I would have done something worse to him than burned him up. So that's the facts. Okay. So what happened was we were going through our divorce and I'm telling you, it is the worst ugly thing ever going through a divorce. Oh, mine was. And so my ex-husband and I had came to an agreement. We had, you know, everything was in place with the courts and I thought everything was going cool because I was dating at this point. Mm -hmm. And so uh, <laughs> the guy I was dating was out of town in Dallas. And so our agreement, me and my ex-husband with the boys, was every other weekend he would get the kids. 
Okay. And, and it was working out just fine. So one day, I, I thought he wasn't mad at me anymore, but he was mad at me. I didn't know it because I wasn't mad anymore. I figured we're done. We're cool. You know, life goes on. Right. And um, he told me, I called him and I said, uh, look, my flight leaves at noon. And I didn't say where I was going, just my flight was leaving. And I said, can you get the boys from school as opposed to my house? And he was like, okay, cool. And I left. And that Sunday I called him. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm at the airport. I'm going to come pick up the boys because this was his weekend. I get to the, I get to his, he laughed. And I get to his house and I ring the doorbell and knock on the door. He's in the door, but because it was so cold, I didn't even see him. But he was at the door and he was like, what'd you want? And so I turn around and there were two white men walking up to me said, are you Carlita Hodges? And I was like, yeah, you've been served. I had no idea what the hell they were talking about. So uh, he started laughing, my ex-husband. And then I asked the guy, what do you mean I've been served? You, you've been served. You can't touch your kids. You can't see your kids. And um, girl, I passed out in the snow. Yes. So what he did was when I made that phone call, he called his lawyer and said that I abandoned my team. And so um, I went into a deep, deep, deep depression. I mean, I'm telling you, I was a, by the time, and then- I can't even imagine. It was a Sunday. Ooh. And I couldn't call anybody. Like I couldn't call my lawyer. I couldn't do anything. So I was just sick. So I just went home darkened my house and just went to bed. And uh, I probably cried all night and fell asleep, woke up crying some more. So what happened after that was Monday came and I was at my attorney's office when they opened the door. And what she told me was, well, we can't, I don't know what this is. You're, you guys are playing a game. Which I was out of town. I'm not playing a game. I don't play games with my children. Right. And so I really thought we were on a different page, me and my ex at the time. Mm -hmm. So then I saw that this was, all that war and they wouldn't go back into court to get my kids. So I lost my kids for about five or six months. Mm -hmm. And um, then I had no visitation. I had nothing. And it oh. just getting uglier and uglier and uglier. And so uh, this man just was driving me absolutely crazy. And honey, people talk about, well, doctors say like, you were temporarily insane. I can vouch for that because I was temporarily insane for a moment at different times because I remember one time in Chicago, there's a freeway called the Eaton's Expressway. And so uh, I, I knew the time he would be on that freeway. And I knew when it was a game where he would be and how it would happen. So one day I drove my little truck and sat on the side of the freeway, looking through the rear view mirror, waiting for him because I just wanted to get a glimpse of my kids. And when I saw him, I, I didn't even think like, oh, I might hit a car. I just drove out in front of a car and got behind him and laid on the horn. And um, not until, and I was crying and driving and, and they, I was blowing, I mean, laying on the horn. And they were waving at me and I could see them crying in the back window. And that's when, when he pulled off, his sister was with him and um, she was talking crazy to me. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Until you birth a child, shut up. 
And so um, I got to hug them. And then she was like, you need to call the police on because I was already in trouble. And um, I, they, they called the police. I didn't care. I was on by the end. And so I was back home. And not until I opened that door, I realized I had lost my Yes. I'd lost my mind, but I found it. And then I just, I called my lawyer and told my lawyer what I did. I was like, oh, oh, how do I fix this? And so my youngest son has cancer, I think I said that. Yeah. And he had gone through some stuff and he was wearing a brace at the time. And so my ex-husband winded up getting, uh, giving me some, some visitations to them when he said so. And so, um, girl, it was, I took, I would take 60 seconds if he gave it to me because I just wanted to see my babies. I and know. so one day I, we went bowling and we hung out and my son left his brace at the, at the house. And he winded up, um, I, and it was holiday time. And so I was supposed to go to my oldest son's um, little recital, but I had to get permission from the courts to go. So I did that. And then um, he um, he was supposed to keep me informed because I could I had I couldn't call the school I couldn't do anything he just had me on such restrictions and so <clears throat> he didn't tell me so my son wakes up one morning the next morning after two two or three mornings after uh, they had went bowling with me that weekend and he says mom I'm so mad at you because you didn't come to my recital but my ex husband was like I'll tell you when it is and he never did but he did that on purpose. And so it was just so ugly. It was so ugly. So I was, I was totally sad because my son was singing a song. And um, it was, um, I said, let me speak to your dad. And so we were going back and forth, crazy talking. And then he would talk nice to me. And then he would talk crazy to me. And that just took me to 200. And it was just one thing after another. And he says, well, I need to get your mom's brace because, because. And I was like, don't come to my house because there's no telling what could happen because I had no self-control at all because all I knew was I hated him and he hated me and it was okay. And so, um, I winded up going to the school. Sorry. I went to school and I, um, was given the brace and in the midst of giving the brace and there's a story behind that, but I'm not going to go back because people are like, well, how did you have the gas in your car? <laughs> so um, we were fussing, and then I hugged my boys. They went on to the school, and then he he struck me, not hit me, but he pushed me. And I probably was doing something too. Ain't no telling because I don't remember it all one hundred percent. But um, he caused me to hit my face on my car door, and he was mad at me because he had to rent me a car because my truck was in the shop, and he had to pay me money. And I saw blood. And that, that was all she wrote. And I did throw a bottle at him. It was a very fine juice bottle. It had about a teaspoon of gasoline in it. I, I didn't do it to pour it on him or throw it. It was just about a teaspoon. It wouldn't hurt nobody. I just... Gasoline, get in there. Okay. Chicago, it was a storm. My sister had visited me the night before. And we couldn't get my car out the driveway. So the, the, the gas can that we had was so big, we couldn't pick it up to put the gas in the snowblower. 
So I went to the house. I was in, I was at home, and so I went in the kitchen and washed this juice bottle out. So we tilted it and kept pouring it in until we had enough gasoline to start the snowboard. That's how the gasoline got in there. Gotcha. And um, once we got everything done, uh, what was in there was sticks and bricks because we're in Chicago and we're girls. I couldn't lift nothing. I couldn't push anything. But this was to get us out the driveway. Right. Okay. And I hadn't been outside because I was depressed. And so what did I do? So, okay, so the next day this all happens. That's why everything was in the car, in the back seat. The juice bottle was tightened, and I just tossed everything back. I took her to the train and came back home because she had visited me unannounced, and I didn't want to be bothered with anybody unless it was my children. Mm. And so, yeah, and so this next day this happens, and then I'm at the school, and when I saw blood, he ran. And so, and, the, and it was snow everywhere. So I just reached down and I threw the first thing I saw. The, the first thing I threw was a brick. The second thing, it didn't reach him. He was so far away. The second thing was a bottle. And the only reason the story got so blown out of proportion, and again, I was in a rental car. The reason it got so blown out of proportion because of the smell of gasoline. So, but let me be, let me tell you, had he been close enough, because I look, I don't smoke and I never have, but I looked in the car because I smelled it too. I looked in the car and I saw a book of matches and I grabbed it and I struck them and they, they went out right in front of me. I mean, he was across the damn field and it wouldn't have touched him, but um, lucky for the thought in your mind was I'm about to burn him up. But if I had a gun, I'd probably be still in jail, okay? The truth. Mm -hmm. Because the hate was so huge. And we're not even hateful today. We're all just fine today. And so we just needed to get past that hump. And then eventually... Um, How did you do that? How were you able to get past the hump and actually have a relationship again? I was still being vindictive. Um, I, we, we owned a farm in Indiana at the time we were married. And so some things had happened. I went to the farm and I found some things on him that were very bad. And I blackmailed him to give me my kids back. I did. I found some tapes that nobody should see. And he was just sloppy with it. And I was like, okay, what? <laughs> and so, yeah, so that's what happened. And then I set up a meeting with him. And, you know, like, he was, I mean, most guys are arrogant, especially in the NBA. And he was all cocky. He met me, though. And uh, I had copied everything I had. And I put his package in an envelope, a yellow envelope. And I sat down. And I was so jazzy because I was like, I'm going to get this nigga back. So, <laughs> and so, and so he sat down and he was so nasty, just mm. nasty. And I was like, I was sitting there like Queen be like, you don't even know what I got on your ass. And I pushed it over to him. This is cute. And I had water. Because I wasn't. I felt like he was my enemy, so I wasn't going to break bread with the enemy. So I gave him the envelope, and he looked through it. And then, um, honey, it was like out of a movie, I tell you. I tell him. He looked at it. He said, Ann. I said, Ann, I'm going to give it to the Channel 9 News, buddy. I said, but I'm going to do you one better than you did me. I want my voice back, and you can have that. I said, but that's a copy. 
So mm-hmm. I was like, I want to give him my cassette. And uh, I tell him, I said, and, uh, I'm going to give you $48 to make it happen. Give me my kids back. And you can have visitation rights to them. What we had in place before, and if you want them more, that's cool too. But I'm not going to do you like you did me. Because I wanted him in their life. I didn't want him. I didn't want my dad. Right, right. And so he gave me my kids back about four hours later. <laughs> but I was giving him 48 hours. But he gave my kids back with no problem. And then I just didn't have no dealings with him. And not until, um, I think he got married again. He was getting married. And, you know, I think we saw each other at a party one time. And, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even speak to him. And he was like, it makes no sense that we can't speak. And we have kids and we were married. I'm like, yeah. And so I just thought, okay, I'll let it go. I'm over it anyhow. And if I stay mad, then it's like, oh, I want to be with him. And I did not. And so I just said, boof, be gone. It's gone. It's, and that was it. And now we would have different, you know, like I wasn't in a space. He wasn't in my space. Uh, when I, and I moved to California, so I never had to see him. And so we had agreed that once my kids became high school age, I would send them back. To him, him from there, and I did just that, and then um, I got my boys in college. Um, I got them. I got my oldest boy a scholarship, and I got my other boy in college. They went to Long Beach State. It was a lot of work, and um, he didn't help. He was very discouraging <laughs> to his kids to go to school. No, to me, getting a man. He was like, "You don't know what you're doing. You don't know. Just you're not gonna do it." And I was like. I'm not thinking about him. I do what I say I'm going to do, and I get it. Isn't that the way, though? Aren't, isn't that what mothers do, especially black mamas? Like, we make a way out of no way. Jesus, like, you, exactly. take people, you will show up when I need you, but those boys become the priority. And the things that single mothers, divorced moms like us have to do, or do and then just coming back from those ashes how did you come back from the ashes because really that's the testament we all go through stuff but when it's really damaging to your soul and your your self-esteem and your sense of who you are all wrapped up into one and getting it crashed out losing your kids that's probably the most devastating thing so mentally how'd you come back from that was it just that power move with the, with the envelope, like, I got you now. Was that enough? But what before that, before you got that? Uh, well, first of all, if you don't pay attention, because you remember you, your pain, your hurt, you're up and down, you're up and down, you're sad, you're crying, you're happy, you're sad, you're crying. So what happens is your body takes a toll. So I got sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my thyroid um, my just took me on a span. And it was just all connected. All this up and down was connected. Losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, all that. So I had to get that in place first. And then I just had to stop and just give it up to God. Because um, I was going to church like crazy, like crazy. And it was not fulfilling me. I was like, the church got more mess than I had. So this is not working for me. (laughs) Where I was working, because I was the boys weren't here, so I was working two jobs because mm-hmm. I just didn't want to be at home. And so I was burning myself out from both ends. And um, I met someone, and we talked about Buddhism, and I started studying Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And it really helped me. Now, yes, I believe in God. Yes, I do. So 
if anybody asks that question, yes. But I'll tell you what Buddhism did for me. It allowed me to look at my bullshit. Because nobody got in that fight by themselves. It was it took two. So I had to forgive me, forgive him, and just take it one day at a time and forget the past and just go forward. That was key for me. And so once I did that, I started practicing and I and it was just something different. You know? mm-hmm. And so um it just it it definitely empowered me and it made me be able to look at me when it's like, that's not you. You're wrong, Carlita. Take your responsibility. So I make it a point to look at me, you know, because we try to be right and we all fall short. But that's that's what got me back on the road. And um, I just had to. I couldn't keep hating him and loving my sons because when I look at them, I see him. Right. So I just had to make it right for us all. And then um, it's allowed me to be so transparent. It's ridiculous. <laughs> is that the best part of coming through something so traumatic is the self-realization that, you know, um, unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred only affects us more than the other person. It's like you put yourself in your own bondage so much that it te- it attacked your body and it your did. your health. Yeah. And people don't know. It's like you're not – we, when we hate or when we have that, that unforgiving spirit, uh-huh. it blocks every other blessing because it becomes your focus. And it's actually more work to hate somebody than it is to just be like, you know what, God bless you, I'm going to let you go. And do you, boo, because you got to hold that energy in your spirit, and that makes you all give a negative energy out, too. But it also allows you, it makes you, your attraction is that. You keep attracting the wrong people. The yes. Wrong that. And so it was just so heavy. And not until, not until I started chanting, and this is not me, Maria, your white team attorney did. Mm-hmm. I started chanting, and I started rising. It just felt different mm-hmm. just like okay 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 what is this but i was able to write and explore and um and the book i mean writing is came out of that so let's talk about that book <laughs> okay so when i went through the crazy you know the gasoline situation they threw me out of town i couldn't live in my house they, the judge said you have two hours to get your ass out of town. And so I had to stay in a hotel for months and months. So I did that and it was okay. But, um, and then my family, they just, they just weren't there and I was okay. I needed me. I needed to be with myself. And so, um, I wasn't trying to write a book. I was just trying to journal just because I had nobody to talk to. Mm -hmm. So journal and journal and journal. And then I had these folders of stuff. And so I forgot about it. And when I moved to California, I had another baby. I have a little girl. Congratulations. Thank you. She's 15 now. So when I moved here, um, I got here. Things got to do with being what they were. And one day, I looked at my paperwork where I had journaled. And I was like, this was forever ago. 
And to be very frank with you, I'm shocked I'm not crying because anytime I talk about him taking my voice, I usually boo-hoo, boo-hoo still. So I think I've gotten stronger from that, yes. Awesome. I, I, I looked at it and then I thought, oh, what is this? I went through some stuff. But having her opened up my cre- my creative side. Yeah. And so I spoke with a woman and she told me, she says, Carly, you should write a book. And I was like, I don't know how to write a book. I started writing a book. I started writing a book and I wrote this book and it, I used to did not drink. I drink wine. I love wine now, but I had to drink to get through that book. Ooh, I imagine. Yes. And, um, again, like reliving all those traumas and those moments when you took the book, was it strictly from, you know, first perspective introspection, or did you take it like his side, my side, like what was your inspiration for telling the story? What, what did you want your readers to get from it? First of all, I asked my sons if it was okay that I write this book. That's what I did. And what did, how did you have that conversation? What did they say? I told them that, um, I needed to get this on my chest. Let me back up. I got a phone call when I was told to write the book and I thought, okay, let me double dabble. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know how to write a book. So mm-hmm. a friend of mine said to me, Carlita, ha, ha, ha. I looked on the internet and you're the craziest sports wife in the world. That was not funny to hear. No. That was hurtful. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny. And I thought, I wish I was saying this to you because I think I would have more compassion. But it was killing me to have them laugh at me. And so, um, I well, do you think they were laughing at you or was it just so unbelievable the way it was blown up that they were like, girl, tell me, like I said, like, girl, left eye, like you really was about to blow him up the smithereens. So do you think they were coming from like your girlfriend's space of like, I'm in it with you or were they like, oh my gosh, she's a hot mess crazy. That. Mm. That part right there. And it hurt my feelings because it had been so many years that passed. And so I went on the internet after I got off the phone to find out what was written. And I could not believe it. And the only thing I felt like was I never had a fair shot to tell my story. And there's always his side, my side, and then the truth. But I felt like my truth is my truth. I was in it. I was there. I know what happened. And then to get apologies, which I have gotten from my ex-husband for doing these things to me, he apologized. So that means my truth is the real. And so um, then I, I talked to my boys about it and I told them how hurtful it was that I never got to tell my story. I never got to tell my story. I was just this crazy girl. And uh, so I started writing the book. Um, and I didn't think about um, his side, my side. I just felt this is my truth. This is my walk. And this is what, if it, if it gets out, I don't want to be damseled in distress. I don't want to be looked at like that. I don't want to be like poor, crazy girl. I just wanted people to know I'm human. I have feelings. This happened. Now, did he do it all by himself? No. But did he initiate the meanness? Yes, absolutely. So, um, and I thought I just wanted to be transparent at what I had to say. So when he did stuff, I did stuff when I found out. And he did a lot of things. He did a lot of things that just were not acceptable. You know, you don't ask your wife to sleep with another man and you watch. You don't ask your wife to sleep with another woman and you watch. 
You don't do that. You don't push your wife into another man's arms, which is why I winded up with R. Kelly. Again, that's no excuse. I could have said, no, I did not. Um, and so, you know, I wanted what, what any woman wants. I wanted to be made to feel like a woman. I wanted to be loved. The only woman. <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't. And, you know, some people try open marriages. And like I said before, you know, when you date a celebrity or you date an NFL, you know, athlete of note or a politician, anyone of note, any man of note, most women understand that we just we're really hyper vigilant. And something the moment something changes, our spider senses are going to go off and we're going to know. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to say, I went into it, I understand, and I have a way out. Or, no, you totally broke all the rules. You broke the trust, and i am got to keep it pushing because I'm not about to be second fiddle to anybody else's disastrous life that you want to bring me into. The only thing i say if I had to do it over, I would still have my children. But the moment it got raggedy, I would just walk because I walked away with nothing. I walked away... Uh, I am definitely a woman that was from NBA wife to welfare. I am her. And I think a lot of women have done that. And people don't hear this story, which is one of the reasons why this podcast is happening. Because we just have all been through so many different things that you're going to glean that information from each person. And you have to know you had to survive. There's nothing wrong going in survival mode and having to go to get the check to get the food to feed the kids while you come up with round two it's just that's life and how you deal with adversity and come back stronger better is what it takes but sometimes it takes longer you know where you stuck in that like oh i need this to finish and move forward yeah but it and, and it does because once you hit the bottom there's only one way back up that's up and so with that being said it was you 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 don't know when you're in it. When you're in it, it's so ugly and it's so raggedy and it's so hard and it's so much prayer. And then you think like, are my prayers falling on deaf ears? I need it, you know? But little things started to happen. And when I sent the voice back, I just felt like, okay, I never expected to have another child because that was not in my plan. That was God's work. Yes. And, so, and so with that being said, um, she's welcome. He's my mini me, but um, it was it was it was a hard walk. Uh, it was embarrassing. A lot of things were embarrassing, you know. To go to the welfare office and they blast you, saying, "Why are you here? Weren't you in the marriage or NBA Bob there?" So yes, no. yes, that happened to me. That happened to me, and I would walk out because I moved here from Calif from Chicago to. Uh, Marino Valley with my sister, my boys, my, my nephew, and one of my great nieces. And so we all took up this house and, you know, we, this was me starting over. <laughs> and so, yeah, but it, ugh, it was a lot. And so one day I just got on my knees and said, I give up. I can't do this. Yes. I, I don't want to do this, but it was not suicidal give up. It was just, I can't do this. Surrender. Mm-hmm. Surrender, Lord, whatever you, we say it all the time. Once you surrender and give it to him, it's like so much lighter. It's like, if it's his way, it's his bill. If it's my way, it's my bill, right? So I got to pay if I decide, but if I let him decide and move before me, seek ye first, or yes. what, what your spirit is, you're going to be led 
in a in a the divine path for you instead of trying to direct it yourself, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely, positively. So all that happened, and uh, again, I when I wrote the book, I was very transparent. I didn't want to be like he's the bad guy, he's a monster. I was, I did monstrous things too, you know, like I would. I would do things with this temper that I used to have. I would hit him. If he would talk crazy, I would pick something up and bam. You know, so, yeah, I did. I did. And then a lot of men deal with domestic abuse, and it's not even talked about. I mean, it's not really one-sided. I think a lot of times, no excuse for any of it from any of us. Right. But when exactly. we decide to put our hands on somebody, male or female, that's when it's time to take a break or, or quit it. <laughs> really. But... There was no excuse for my behavior either. It wasn't. And then, you know, the Robert thing and the this and the that. Ugh, it was a lot. When you look back now and you have the book and you've come to a sense of peace in your life, do you have that ultimate peace in your life now? Are you happy with where you are now? Are those skeletons put to bed? They are put to bed. And... I'm going to say this. This is my last conversation about Robert Kelly. It really is because I don't care to speak about him. I think that, you know, I mean, like when he was going through that trial, people were calling me and calling me. I don't know to say about that because I didn't know that guy. I knew right. in the beginning, oh, you know, we, we tried to nurture and help. And um, it's so old now. And like, it's really sad that he's in jail. It's really sad that he allowed these people to bring him down like this, to even be put in this position after where he came from. from right. From. But, you know, sometimes you make, like I said before, that entitlement syndrome can oh. be very severe. And if you think you're above the law and you use your influence to get things that you probably shouldn't have at the time you should have them, somebody's got to pay for that. And you can have anybody you want. Okay? Yes. You Yes. And and then to just belittle and mistreat and do allegedly the things that they say he did. Oh, he was convicted. So what he did and um it's so like, and we're if we're parents, and I had a daughter, you know what I mean. Like I work in television, so you know, so you know, you see these young artists who are bright and bushy, so much talent, willing to do what it takes to grind it out and get the work done, but they don't realize that that was kind of the prerequisite. And that's the game that Harvey Weinstein and a lot of these people were playing and saying, well, this is just the business. No, it's not just the business. That's your business, not my business. I'm so grateful today that the kids know and that it's out. You don't have to do that. You do not have to sell your soul. You do not have to sleep with people to get where you want to go. Your talent will get you there. And you let that process play itself out. But you will lose everything if you give it up for something so little. And, he and they don't see the big picture. They think, well, this is what I got to do. No, it's not what you have to do. And people like that who are predatory have to be taken out. And across the board, anywhere. I know, man and woman. Men and women, a hundred. Because like I said, men deal with domestic abuse. They don't really go to the cops because you look like a wuss, right? Yeah. But if you're like, she'd been beating me up all the time and I just get tired, then you're the bad guy. And I just think we are very passionate people. 
We love hard, we ate, you know? Yeah. They that's why they say, you know, you got that anger. No, it's just passion and it's love and it's authenticity and we're very legit and real. So when you come at me wrong, I'm gonna pick it up and the only thing I can do is react. And unfortunately some of us need a little bit more anger management or <laughs> a little bit or take a pause, a woosa. You know. I re- I remember being in court when my ex husband and I when I was got locked up, it was just overnight. And the judge, I had a busted whip. My face was swollen. And uh, he had told the judge that he feared for his life. And I was like, you should. Like, I just couldn't shut up. I had a, what do you call those? I had a, a free lawyer. He was like, you're going to have to be quiet. And I was like, ugh. And so, because uh, I was so angry and hungry. And so the judge looked at me. I'm, I'm I was five five, ninety eight pounds at the time, and um, <laughs> the judge says, "From this little thing, how do you feel for your life?" And so he said, "Miss Hodges, what do you think?" He said, "What happened?" I said, "Your Honor, what I did was be, it was a reaction from an action, and that's all I have to say, and that's why he let me go because I wasn't born with a busted lip, man." And so you know, and then the whole story went the way it went, but. After, oh God, it's it's been a lot. I do not live in it anymore. I used to wallow in it. I don't today. I can't stand uh, even talking about it for real, for real, because I'm such a different person. I have evolved totally. I am, um, I, I still don't play. <laughs> uh, I think 10 times before I really go there, okay? And so having my daughter, it, it just opened up so many avenues you know in my brain and my body she allowed me to learn me even that much more i didn't know i could write i wrote the book i self published it i did everything and i'm telling you i didn't know what i was doing but i made it happen and um it sold very well and people still call me about it people still buy the book i think it's a good read but it wasn't a book that was just left to be like oh sue said i didn't know what to do i grew up I had this kid that that that's teaching me me, and she still teaches me, and she challenges me. Ooh, Fifteen, and uh, <laughs> she is everything. You know, I don't put a lot of restrictions on her. You know, because I'm learning through her today, and mm-hmm. she she's 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 everything. And then my boys and I are very close. I'm a grandmother of three, and it's beautiful. And so my daughter, having her, she used to make me laugh. And going through what I went through with my boys when they were little, I did laugh. I did have a good time. But I didn't remember it because I was just so boggled in my brain. And so she made me laugh all the time. And so she would do little silly. We could be at the doctor and she will do something silly. And there a piece of paper. I'll just rip it out of the book and write down what she did. And then I would take it home and put it in this envelope. And I had this manila envelope one day. And I flipped it on my table. And I was like, what was it all? Okay, I'm going to scrapbook it. And I did. And then I thought, I can do something else. And I wrote a sitcom about this little girl. Mm-hmm. And it's called Me Plus One Starting Over. Wow. Yeah, that's not her. This is just the pitch deck. And so um, I started writing. She's 15, just to show you how hard this field can be. And a lot of it has been money issues, you know, getting it done or getting people to be honest because sometimes the business can be very ratchet. Oh, yeah. Ratchet. And mm. so, uh, but I'm not giving up. 
Yeah. So I have this. I'm, I'm actually doing a screenplay to the book because I still think the story needs to be told. You know, I think that um, there's a, even today, there's not just NBA, but just this life of entertainment. Uh, these women sit there and they settle for, I'm going to have a baby because I want this paycheck. Okay, I'm going to get two. And for real, for real, it's so much money out here in this world. We can all get some. We don't have to depend on that man to get it for you. And so back to the me plus one, uh, my daughter allowed me <laughs> the creative portion. She gave me this. And I am a woman because I had her at 46. Wow. 46. I had her at 46. Man, look at you. Hi, Janet. <laughs> now you're Janet Jackson. 46, you had that baby. That's incredible. Yeah, and, and she has introduced me to me, believe me. And so um, I wrote it, but I didn't want it to be a story because I didn't stay with her father. And I didn't want it to be a story about a black woman with a baby daddy. So yes. some of it is embellished. and. Um, but it's still about a black woman raising this kid, but the man passes away in the soul world. And mm. it's, it's, it's about, it's different, it's wholesome. It's about the neighborhood pitching in and helping this woman raise this kid, you know? And this kid raising us, and, and she had, she is my mother and her other grandmother passed away. So I made them one person in the, in the sitcom. And so, you know, and, in my soap opera, because I'm I'm a, I'm a woman of a particular age, <laughs> there's a lot of things we deal with that we don't talk about. And so I touch on all that. There are disabilities we don't talk about, not just mental illnesses, but physical disabilities, um, cancer. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yay. Um, Yay. You know, how the family, you know, like when I got that, everybody was like, oh, poor you. No, it's not for me. It's time to fight. What are you talking about? It's not right. I got to get this right because I have a kid to raise. That part. That's how I felt about that. And then um, just so many things we as women, you know, how many people talk about menopause? How many people talk about night sweats? How many people talk about dating at 46 with a kid? Right. And so people run. So, and, um, and I've remarried. Congratulations. I've been married a year, uh, but he's newlywed. Yeah, <laughs> new mom, newlywed, all <laughs> over the age of forty. Yes. Well, well, I married him. Yeah, way over that part. Age of forty. I didn't give it up because you know you look good. Black no. don't crack, so we don't give up the age all the time. But I don't have any. I don't have any problems with that. I'm sixty-one and proud of it. Yeah, as you should be. That part. That's what's up. You know, but I was I was with my husband for 14 years before. Whoa. Mm -hmm. And um, he's a good man. Yeah. He's, 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 uh, he's supportive and he's out of the business, but he's 100% supportive. And uh, he's just a good guy overall. And um, I bounce things off of him. He'd be like, you know, that's not my fortune, girl. He's an engineer. And so... Writing, you know, like yesterday, I wrote this letter and I was like, honey, can I wait to see you? And it was his birthday. And I was like, can I wait to see you? He's like, go ahead. 
<laughs> but it works for me, you know. And so uh, he's pretty much, he's been in Katie's life. That's my daughter's name, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Her life since she was six months. Wow. Yeah, so he's like her second dad because her dad is active also. So I won't take that from him. But um, I was terrified of marriage. You know, this is my first one. But the creative juices, this world, this, this, this is so exciting to me. Oh, the writing. And, and I have this, um, this project that I'm embarking on. It's about, it's about this guy that was put in jail wrong for wrongdoing, but he didn't do it. And the cops knew out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully, Miss Sabrina will be helping me with that. <laughs> she will, mm-hmm. as, as, as will most of us. Yes. And so I, I, yeah. that's another project I'm doing. And then, of course, me plus, me plus one, and then my book, Carlita's Way. Because I think that that story should be told. And then I'm writing another book about breast cancer, The Walk I Had. It's called Fighting Back. Because if you don't fight back, you're going to fall to the bull and then die. And I'm not ready for that. Well, we're not ready for that either. And I just applaud you. And I just love you. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for you sharing this story. Because it is really powerful. And it's a lot to unpack yeah, I'm just so encouraged and inspired by the fact that, you know, you've got to walk through that darkness to come into the light. Yes, yes. And to be able to look at our demons and own them. Yes. Get freed from it mm-hmm. is important. Yes. And forgiveness gives you your next life. Yes. So you can have you round two. Cause you're on round two right now. And I can't wait to see what that part looks like. Cause that, show, that shows could happen. So, you know, I, I'm just, I just know that I really wanted to hear what you wanted to share. That was it. <laughs> not to be sensational, not to go dig in places we don't need to go, but it really was just you being able to say what's been on your heart that you didn't get to say okay, and then you. share what's next for you so that we can all support that next life and that next effort. Yes, yes, thank you. Women power. <laughs> hey, I have a guest. We have a women's empowerment. It's called um, Queen Crowns. Nice. One of my friends says Queen Crowns. And it's uh, women empowerment that's going global. So, I, you know, this platform gives me an opportunity to bring women like you and my friend Nikia's and so many other people on here just to share our stories. No agenda, really just to be honest about what where we've been, where we are and where we want to go because this day and age, we need all the encouragement and support and understanding we can get. And I know that I learned so much by listening to other women. Yeah. And then it gives me insight and encouragement because you're not by yourself. We all fall down and we give you a hand up. Right. But you don't need a handout. And that's what you showed. Yeah. But it, I mean, the walk is the walk. The walk is the walk. And this is life. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's been great having you. And I can't wait to get you in for a book signing and a little conversation. You know, maybe we can do a little audience and have you come and tell your story at the studio. And that'll be awesome. I'm going to share it. I I love going deeper. I love going in the deep dive. So Mm -hmm. if that's something we can pull off, let's do it. 
Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Definitely. Well, you know, I'll get, you know, I'll get that, get that girl on it for us. Yeah. So that book. You can get the book on Amazon. I don't have, um, I have a couple. You don't have a website? I don't anymore because it's been seven years and I didn't keep it up, but I probably should redo, redo it. But, um, I wanted to share something with you right quick. Mm -hmm. Um, I always talk about the inner child in us. And that was the reflection out of the dark into the light. Mm. And that's me talking to my inner child. And uh, so when I did the, when I, it's a dark book and I'm going to change this, this cover because it's, I'm too light now, you know, it's not so heavy. But I just felt that this was where I was when I wrote the book. It was just such a dark life for me. You know, it was so thick and tight, but it's a good read. It's got pictures. It's got pictures and everything in it of my boys and um, some of my life back back in the day. <laughs> but um, they can get it on Amazon if anybody is interested in getting it. And I just want to show you a little bit. See? It's my oh, wow. Look at them. So beautiful. Look at the yum-yums. And now they're, uh, they're 37 and 38. Wow. 37 and 38. Girl. Congratulations. That's that's everything, you know. Being able to have them be good men, you know, have, find love, be fulfilled in their life, and still have a relationship with you and love you. Yes, yes. That you, you held on to the love. They felt it. They knew it. Mm -hmm. I would kill a bear for them. I would devour a bear for them. But they, <laughs> boys, and my family to graduate college. Oh wow. Well, I just know that milestones are coming more to be made, especially with your daughter and your mini you, <laughs> you know, and the gift that God gave you from having that to be able to give you a new perspective on life. And that's, I think, what kids do. They're our greatest treasure. I know my boys are just being able to grow with them and see who they become. And hopefully they like us when they get older. I always tell my kids, I was like, I hope you like me when, when you're older and things be working out all right. <laughs> Uh, mine's do. I can honestly say mine's do. My boys are good with me. Uh, and we're open. And I, I still don't consider myself their friends. I'm their mother. I don't want to be their friend. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm a mom. I'm a mom all day. I'm I'm like, yeah. I ain't trying to be your friend. Right. I, like I said, I'd like you to like me. <laughs> and I think you've accomplished that. But I'm still the parent. I've never tried to be popular with them. Because that's not really going to help them, me trying to be popular. It's not a competition, you know? between us and the world. It's us. This is us. This is how we roll. This is our house. That's their house. Exactly. And we do us and they, you do you. And that's how we leave it. And but I think being a mom of boys, black men, oh my goodness, is she stunning? Oh, wow. Oh, Carlita. That's Ew. my enemy. Ooh, she's yummy. she modeling? She's acting. Oh, good. Well, let's get her. Hey, we need to, let's get into that. You know, there's always castings and stuff happening. I have plenty of friends who are doing things, movies. Okay. We all, you know, the, our community is very collaborative. Yeah. You know, we all bring our gifts and talents in to share, you know, when we see somebody that we want to uplift or bring through or support, that's what we want to do. And it's really, Hero Story is really about building community yeah. amongst the women, not excluding men because they're part of our story, but we, her story, not his story, her story. That's why it's her story. 
right? Time for our story. So I just, and I want to meet your daughter. So let's get on that and maybe have you guys in here. Okay, we can do that. We can make that happen. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Girl, you know I'm not trying to let you go, but I do run out of time at some point. <laughs> so if there needs to be a round two, we'll do it in person so they can hit you up or hit us up at Hear Her Story. And okay. we'll have them in studio or an audience, and we'll be back to see what's next for you when we get that show sold. Get that show sold. Let's get it sold. Okay, thanks so much. I appreciate you. You're wonderful. Thank you so much Thank for you. sharing everything. Okay, take care. You too. Okay. On the next round. Yes, round two, 2.0. You, round two. You, round two. I always say that. You, round two. Okay, that'll work. Done. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.